took out Jason and uh, Kareem for dinner. I said I really grew to love them. Uh, found out that Kareem is currently in a master's program to become a mental health uh, consultant and also a counselor. She and Jason have two children, uh, Xander, who is six, and Felicite, who is two, two years old, going on 22. I didn't even know, I, I just found out about four months ago that Jason uh, is a preacher. And, and somebody sent me a, a video uh, on YouTube of his preaching. I said, oh, I got to have him preach in December. And so I, just to let you know how humble Jason is, I did not know he was a preacher until someone else told me. And so I'm grateful that God has sent this man of God to help us with our children's ministry. Uh, this is going to be his last month consulting with us because uh, he's in school. He's working full time, trying to raise two children. They have a lot on their plate, two parents in school. And so I just want to uh, let you know, Jason, that when we needed somebody to step in and help us to navigate this season, God sent you to us. And I... I'll always be indebted to you for that. So God bless you. Folks, could you stand and welcome to speak at PT, my brother Jason. Well, good morning, beautiful people. You may be seated. Um, it is such an honor uh, to be here this morning to be able to be speaking to you, sharing God's word with you. Um, I hope it really impacts uh, your life. Uh, I am forever grateful for Bishop Green and Lady Carmen and just the heart uh, of this house as we are passing through. Uh, we have gotten uh, to know you guys and uh, knowing that your theme and kind of your motto as a church is restoring broken lives, uh, I can honestly say um, it has restored our lives um, and just remember, reminding us of the good things that God has done and propelling us into the future. Um, and I wanted to take a second also and honor Bishop Green because back in October, he gave me this challenge coin uh, for pastor's appreciation uh, month uh, for the, I know he's the chaplain of the Cambridge police and he uh, had a few of these made and he's uh, gave me an envelope with a very heartfelt um, note, and I wanted to say thank you. And I forgot that I had a combat challenge coin, and it just signifies that you know you went with your unit um, or some type of military campaign, and they usually have this um, combat coin to just to show your loyalty towards the unit, but also kind of as a symbol of I've been through this, I've been through war, um, and this is kind of proof of it and also brings a sense of camaraderie uh, amongst me and my friends. So I um, busted out my old sea bag with my uniforms uh, that I kept with the letters that my wife wrote to me. Um, she is an amazing woman. I know she's taking care of our kids, uh, but she wrote 210 letters uh, when we were just dating. It's because she was trying to get me to marry her, uh, but she did it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She did it. So originally, side note, she did not like me because I was 16, short, 
chubby. Uh, I was not the vision of the man of God uh, that she had for her prayers. But, uh, but I love her. We've been married 10 years, and it, it's been amazing. But I wanted to take a second, Bishop Green, to honor you. And I found my second deployment combat coin. And there's only 40 of these made because uh, specifically our lieutenant and our platoon sergeant made these combat coins. It's not as fancy as yours. But uh, I just wanted to take a second and honor because really my time here at PT has restored my life and my hope uh, in the church. So I wanted to take a second and just say thank you and give you my second deployment combat coin. So thank you. Um, and I just wanted to uh, continue on, and we're, we'll get into our text um, and our message and the theme of Advent and remembering the Christmas season and the Christmas story. I want, wanted to share with you, uh, it's found in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 80, and I'll uh, pick out a few verses uh, just to point out a few things of the story, and hopefully uh, this will encourage you this morning. So we find ourselves in Luke chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says, together they lived honorably before God, careful in keeping to the ways of the commandments and enjoying a clear conscience before God. But they were childless because Elizabeth could never conceive. And now they were quite old. And we fast forward to verse 13. Um, but then an angel said to him, Zechariah, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. And then uh, verse 18, it says, how can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel, for I am an old man, and my wife is well along her years. And if I could title this message anything it is how can I know how can I know and the question is is how do we know when God is speaking to us how do we know when something is God and it's not anything else it's not because we're hangry and we we just felt like God was telling us because we're angry at that person then we react but how can we know um, if it is God and it's so interesting that um, in our journey here to PT um, we kind of had lost hope. Um, I had transitioned. Uh, I was a staff at a church. I had transitioned, and I just really kind of lost hope. And nothing, there was no moral failure. There's nothing that happened. It's just sometimes life happens, circumstance happens, and you're just like, I here I find myself in a sense of hopelessness. And it's so interesting because in thinking about that, when Zechariah was there, the angel told him, the verse we just read, it says that I have heard your prayers. It means that at a certain point in his life, he was praying and believing God for something. And he had once hoped. But now, he probably have forgotten about that. Maybe said, you know, it's okay, we're never going to have children, have given up on that specific dream. Because he says, how can I? No. And then maybe you find yourself in the midst of hopelessness. And it's interesting because with hopelessness, it's actually you just lose sight of the future. You lose sight of that thing that you have wanted for so long and have prayed for so long. When once you lose sight of it, then hopelessness sets in. 
That's a sense of hopelessness. And maybe in your life, you're looking at it, and maybe you come to a service, you get excited, and you're like, but I feel it. I think I received the healing, but how can I know? Because last time I felt this way, I was busting gyra. You know, I want to remember how I feel right now. Mm, Lord. But then that following Monday, I was discouraged by the reality of my life. How can I know that it was truly God speaking? And now Zechariah comes in, in a moment of doubt, he says, how can I know? And then in verse 20, it actually says that, and now because the angel telling Zechariah, and now because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will be silent, unable to speak until the days these things take place. So now because of the doubt, he receives a consequence. But the beautiful thing is that the angel doesn't say, because of your doubt, it will not happen. But because of your doubt, I will give you an inability to express yourself as you are waiting for the promise to come. Have you lost hope? And it's very interesting that we sometimes have to look for an evidence that God, it's truly God for us to know. But God, if, if it is you, then you know you could open this door. You could, you know, let me in this job. You could let me in this school and this program. But, you know, that will show me. And sometimes we want evidence. And it's interesting because God does not give evidence to Zachariah. He just says, I'm going to give you nothing. I'm going to shut your mouth. And now you have to wait and see that I'm still going to do it. But yet, how many of us ask for evidence? God, show me, show me, show me. But God is always speaking. You just have to remember the word that he has placed upon your life and given you. Because sometimes God already gives you the answer of things that you are looking for. But if you were listening to him. And listening to his message. And we fast forward to verse 24. And his wife, Elizabeth, actually reacts a, a different way. But even in the midst of his doubt with Zechariah happening. Even in the midst of his doubt. He still did something to show that I don't know. I don't know. How can I know? I don't know. But yet I will take an action towards it. Now you got to look at the text. So verse 24, it says this, that after some time, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. And for five months, she kept herself in seclusion. Now I know there's kids in here. So read it in between the lines. This birth was not miraculous. There was, you know, there was not the Holy Spirit came upon after some time, after some time, after some time, she became pregnant. Some of y'all laughing, like, <laughs> Brother Jason, I know what you're talking about. I gotcha. After some time, but you have to know that Zachariah doubted. Because of his doubt, he could no longer speak. 
But even in the midst of his doubt, he decided to take a step of action towards that thing that he was doubted that he did not even see yet. So he took a step of action. And then after a while, the promise started to grow. Now you have to understand. You have to understand that sometimes you're not going to know. You're not going to know for sure. But you're going to have to believe in the God that gave you the message to take an action step towards where you believe that God is leading it. You can fast as much as you want. You can pray as much as you want. But sometimes God already gave you the word and he is waiting for you to take that action step for him to begin to see, the, to show you the fruit of the miracle that you have been waiting for. You have, you can't miss this in the scripture. It never said that he believed. How, what is God speaking to you? What has he told you? That even in the midst of your uncertainty, where are you taking steps? Action steps to where you think and you believe that God is leading you. We can't be stopped by our inabilities and our insecurities. And it's so interesting that when we came here, didn't want, I grew up in church, 16, received the word, believed God was calling me into ministry, calling me in to be a pastor. And, you know, I was like, oh, I was in the front row wearing that suit and tie when it was like 80 degrees, 90 degrees in California. And the church barely had AC. Come on, somebody. And <laughs> some young people never know the struggle. And I was there. But yet in the course of my life now, I find myself in a place where I have lost sight. I had lost that word that God has given me because I was just so focused in that particular situation that I was in where you feel like the doors in your life of opportunity just keep closing, keep closing, keep closing. And you think that it's never going to happen because it's impossible for it to happen. And I find myself in, I think it was around March in, uh, Friday prayer, and I sat in the back. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. You know, I, I was able to get out of the house uh, just to come here. You know, young people, you still have to ask permission to somebody to leave your house as you grow old. And just saying, I asked my wife, can I leave? She said, sure, uh, go ahead and go pray. Um, it doesn't change. And I came in this place, I was sitting back there, and I remember specifically Danny Tao was sitting around me and said, hey, I just have, I feel like I have a word for you. And I was like, sure. He's like, I don't know why, but I just feel like, you know, there's something that has burdened your heart and it's been a burden on you. It's heavy. And I just feel God is taking that off of you and he's taking that off of you. And I'll be honest, at that particular moment, I'm just like, the problems are still here. I hear you. I hear you, God. But how can I know that when the problems start dropping off? And then I think at a different one, very maybe the next week or very close to it, I remember um, Elder Troy, um, again, sitting in the back, don't really know what I'm doing, just praying to God. Elder Troy came up to me and he says, I have a word for you. And he said, I feel like God is telling me that he's going to open doors of opportunities. And it's going to be one after the other. And then you and only you will know that it was me. And it's so interesting that I held on to the word because now I have sight of what God has told me. 
And all throughout time, I wish I could tell you that. I was like, oh, I know the Lord spoke it to me, and I shall receive it. No, there are moments where I was insecure. I didn't see it happening. I'm like, God, how will I know that it's you? How will I know this opportunity? But time after time, he began to open doors of opportunity for the things that he had showed me when I was 16 for me to begin to doing. Get a random phone call from my friend in South Carolina who wants me to speak at his youth conference. Then this uh, becoming an interim kids director or children's director here at PT, uh, it was never my intention, but somehow I found myself being interim children's director. And then here I find myself, Bishop Green, hey, would you mind speaking? Wanted you to speak in December. I find myself speaking, but even in my unbelief, I was taking action steps of saying, God, I will be ready in season and out of season. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to choose to be faithful to you. And then it said that after some time, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant five months. And then how much do we really need to know? And in verse 25, it says that this is what the Lord has done for me at the time when he has been gracious to me to take away my disgrace among the people. She had a different posture than Zechariah did because she knew how much the stigma of being of not having children was put upon her. How she was probably seen less because she couldn't bear children. And even in a whole old age, she had settled for not having kids. But now, it says that she went into seclusion for five months and we really don't know why specifically she would do that. But it says that she had a posture of gratitude for the blessing that she had received. Now, get this, the baby hadn't come yet. But yet she says, God took away my disgrace among the people. She hadn't had the baby yet. But even in the midst of the process of receiving the promise, she had a heart of gratitude. Just like Danny Tao talked about the 3D uh, gratefulness, uh, a praise that we have. She had a posture of gratitude towards the blessing that was still to come. And maybe that's what you have to start doing. Maybe you see the door beginning to start to open, but maybe you should have a posture and heart of gratitude and a heart of praise that though you don't see it yet, you can praise God even in the middle. You can praise him though you do not see it coming yet. Because you have to understand, even though she got pregnant, it didn't mean that she was going to be able to carry the baby full term for the baby to come to life. So she felt the dream in her womb, but yet it did not receive it. But she prays that, God, you know, I'm going to praise you because I believe it. I believe that I know you showed the promise to my husband. I believe I'm going to receive it. And this is a time of where to tell you and to encourage you, don't give up on your dreams just because you're only halfway there. Don't give up on the dreams that God is beginning to develop on you. Don't have the insecurity. I know you can have doubts, but that is okay. And she said that you took away my disgrace. It's the excitement of knowing what is to come. Because nothing is to say that she got pregnant and she lost the baby and God gave another one. Nothing was to say that she was going to carry that. But yet she had a posture of praise and gratitude. Now the, the author Luke here inserts the story of Mary. And it's really cool for you to understand that there is this tension in the text of the Old Testament and the New Testament of something old and something new combining. There is tension here and specifically he inserts Mary's story. 
We all know Mary. Angel appeared to her. Boof. Blessed, favored one. Here I am. You're going to bear a child. And it's cool because now it's a little bit different because when she asked is, how will this be since I have not been intimate with a man? Wasn't from a posture of doubt, but yet, hey, but how are you going to do it? And the angel proceeds to describe that the Holy Spirit will come upon her. Now, the, the interesting thing is that she never asked for evidence that God was going to do the miracle. Go back to Zechariah. How can I know? I'm old. My wife's old. I don't think this thing's going to work. How can I know? And the angel doesn't give him evidence. He just says, shut your mouth. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to show you I'm going to do it. But yet Mary went with a different posture. He says, you know what? Didn't even ask. But just in case you're wondering, your family member Elizabeth is also pregnant even in her old age. And then Mary hearing this, she goes and she meets with Elizabeth. Because sometimes, I don't know what I'm saying, but sometimes you just need to get around people that are pregnant with a dream to encourage you. Because sometimes you're going to feel like you're by yourself. But the moment God tells you, well, I gave somebody else this dream and I'm working with them, you should get near them. Because the scripture goes on to say that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let's take a step back. The tension of the old and the new. The older generation, the newer generation. The Old Testament and the New Testament. There's a tension here that we have to see in the text. Imagine you hustling, working your whole life, praying your whole life for a miracle. And at your old age, God finally gives that miracle. Now here comes Sister Mary. Sister wasn't even trying. Boom, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to receive a child. Now, with the culture of today, we, you can certainly relate to this story. You've hustled your whole life. You had a budget. You had a plan. You went to school for years. You've been trying, working on your Instagram game, your TikTok game, and you've, built, you've become an influencer. Now, here comes this teenager accidentally fumbled upon TikTok. Instantly famous, TikTok famous. How would you feel if you were Elizabeth and seeing Mary come? Immediately, if we're real, we'd be like, she, she didn't even try. I'm here praying, believing for years. Come, this girl don't even try. And she has a gifting. And above that, he's the savior of the world. I just got the prophet. <laughs> Comparison. How it's so easy for us to compare our gifting and our calling and our assignment to somebody else. 
and we begin to have those emotions of they don't even really deserve it. They don't even know. But then there's this spirit of comparison that goes, and that's the anointing killer. That's the dream killer. Because you, set, you then devalue what's inside of you because you think there's more value in somebody else's dream of you. But I'm here to say that you don't compare yourself to people. But can I tell something when old, older, not old, sorry, not older folk, advanced in age, more wisdom, seasoned in life. When you see a young person that in your mind you think they're more gifted than you, that things come easier to them than, than you, and they're not even working hard and they find themselves already receiving what they need to receive, can I encourage you? That it's this concept of the upside down kingdom. The tension of the old and the new testament. The tension of the older generation and the new generation. That God is going to do something that in your eyes, you may not even recognize that he's moving. Because it's something that is new. And it's so interesting because instead of Elizabeth blessing Mary and Mary being encouraged, the scripture says... That Mary came, and when Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, she was filled with the Spirit. So can I tell you, older folk, when you see a young person around you, they may have something that you need for, in order for God to restore the dream that is inside of you to help you propel and continue on your journey of the dream that you are pregnant with. So don't discredit young people just because they're young and they're crazy. Because they're young and crazy, but they are ambitious about the things of God and ambitious about the kingdom of God. And they can put some energy inside of you to restore the dream that was lost. The tension of the old and the new. Of God doing something that was not expected. Because even when as Jesus came, even inside the womb, God was already moving in the earth and people didn't even know it. Because it's interesting, there is this period that some call a period of silence, that there's not really a lot of documentation of the things that have happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament from the Bible's perspective. But yet God, knowing that if I do this, you may not see it, so I'm going to send a prophet, a prophet that will remind you of Elijah, a prophet of the Old Testament, and I'm going to use a word or a phrasing that you recognize from Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6 about a forerunner. I'm going to use that same language for the Old Testament as a final beginning or something that would trigger Jesus' coming. The tension of the old and the new. I will give you something for you to recognize it, but I'm going to do something completely new when Jesus came. Because people were anticipating him to be a king, to take over. To rule. But he did not come in that way. And can I tell you in your life as you are looking for God and you're asking how can I know, how can I know, how can I know that sometimes the blessing may come in a way that you don't anticipate it. That you're not even expecting it. So don't discredit the new things that God is trying to do just because you grow old and cynical and you've seen it all done before and you've seen the movements before. But can I tell you that God is always looking to do a new thing in your life, a new thing in the church. The tension. And as we go along, don't discredit the young people. But young people, you can't discredit the old. 
Because the scripture goes to say that Mary was there for three months. Now get this. Elizabeth had a posture of gratitude that uh, God took away my disgrace among the people. What was Mary's story? Brother Joe was thinking about leaving her because she was having a baby that wasn't his. For my old folk, good old Maury show. He is not the father. And it's okay to laugh. We're all we're saved and sanctified of all that trash TV that we watched. Brother Joe wanted to leave. And imagine Mary thinking of carrying a baby that wasn't his. Of probably the thought process of what if he leaves me? What is to become of me? Here comes an older person, advanced in age. The text doesn't say this, but this is drawing Jason's own commentary. Elizabeth probably encouraged Mary to be like, I know what it means to be an outcast of society. But can I tell you that he's a faithful God and that he's going to take care of you. So don't, young people don't discredit the old and old people don't discredit the young. Because there's something valuable in different generations and we can all encourage each other and stir ourselves up to encourage each other to receive the dream. And as I close, it's interesting that in the story, we fast forward, Elizabeth's ready to give birth to John, John the Baptist. And she gives birth. But now notice this. The scripture goes on to say, John was born. John was born. That was the promise, right? Zachariah still could not speak. Goes on to say, eight days had passed. And he was still not able to speak. But yet, there was that one thing. That still needed to be happen. Still needed to happen. And the scripture goes to say, when the John was born, they're saying, what shall we name this child? Zachariah? Then Elizabeth goes, no, John. And they say, let's ask the father. And they signal for him to come. Insert an interesting fact that you probably didn't need to know. But this is where we come from the idea that he was also probably deaf in that because they signaled for him to come in that. And then they asked, what shall we name the child? He still could not speak. And in my mind, I'll be thinking, I received the promise. The child is here. But how can I not still speak? And maybe for you, you're asking yourself, I received the blessing, Jason. I received the healing, Jason. But why can't I still speak? Why are the consequences of my past still attached to me when I was supposed to receive freedom? And it's very interesting that Zechariah still needs to continue to believe that the promise will be fulfilled because it's not fulfilled because he still can't speak. And maybe for you, just because you get a taste of the blessing 
don't forget about the whole blessing and the promise that God has put inside your life. Don't settle for less than what God has promised you. And now here comes the moment for Zachariah. Doubting in his unbelief, he took action steps. He saw his son be born. But he can't speak. And now the moment of, what shall you name your child? He could have said anything at that moment. Any name in that moment. But again, he remembers the promise. And he says, his name is, shall be John. Which means that Yahweh is gracious. And in verse 64, it says that at that moment, at that moment, Immediately, Zechariah's mouth was open and his tongue released, and he spoke, blessing God. Don't forget the full promise. Don't stop halfway just because you got a taste of it. And I hope that this message encourages you because even in this Advent season, I'm thinking about the thrill of hope. I encourage and I hope that your hope is restored. And where does that begin, Jason? Where does that even hope begin? It begins with a word. Where can that word be found? In the Bible. And I invite you all to please stand at this time. And the message I pass for you is, how can I know, how can I know that God has not forgotten about you, that you can put your hope once again in him? Because if you're struggling with, if you don't remember the last thing God told you, remember his word in Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? He's a faithful God, and he has not failed you, even at your old age. He has not failed you, though you have thought your dream will not come to life. He has not failed you. He has not forgotten about you. Remember the last thing that he told you. And you're like, Jason, he ain't really speaking, you're just not looking for him. He's always speaking, yes, no, maybe, wait. And just like I did in Friday night prayers, coming into a place of where I'm putting myself in a posture of listening and hearing God's voice, he spoke, not once, but twice, to give me a word which I could carry throughout the whole year. Where does it begin? Maybe for you, it's Friday night. Maybe you received the word and God reminded you of that promise of that prayer that you had prayed for quite some time now. Zechariah was in the holy place when the angel appeared to him. So though God doesn't necessarily rest upon a place now, he's inside of us 
but maybe you need to surround yourself with some people who are also praying and believing and seeking a word from God because once you get around them, maybe you will be filled with the Holy Spirit and your hope will be restored. And allow me to pray for you today. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are always speaking. You are always speaking to us. And Father, I pray for every individual upon this place and watching online. If they have lost hope and they're asking the question, how can I know that it is you, God? I pray that you give them a word. Give them a word, Father, that they need right now. Show them a promise from the prayers that have prayed and even forgotten about their dreams, even forgotten about the visions and dreams that you have given them in their sleep, in the midst of them, in their quiet time, I pray that you restore their hope, that you remind them of a word for them. And Father, I pray that even in the midst of them taking an action step, even in the midst of their unbelief, I pray that even for them, even after some time, that you would show the beginning of the promise beginning to grow inside of them. I pray that you are able to open up a path and a lane for them to be able to see that you are God and that you are moving. And I pray, let us not settle for less. Let us not settle for half the promise. I pray that we are able to have faith, to have the sight of the things that are unseen. And allow us to be sensitive to your spirit and to be led by peace to know when you are moving and what you are doing. And above all, I pray that we never forget your goodness. As Elizabeth and Zechariah were constantly reminded every time they spoke the name of John that you are gracious, I pray that every time we looked upon the promise that was received, the blessing that we received. Father, may we continually have a heart of gratitude and a posture of gratitude and a heart of praise unto you for us never to forget that you are the one that gave us the blessing. And at this time, Father, if there is anyone that is here that doesn't know you, I pray and in this moment, let them know that you love them so much that you sent your only son down to this earth in human form and walked among us and walked among the earth and did miracle and suffered a terrible death for us to be once again connected with you, God. I pray, show them that they are precious. Show them that they are cherished. Show them that you have put them upon this earth for a specific purpose and a specific reason to give glory to you and to one day to live with you and praise you for eternity.
And I invite everybody at this time to pray the prayer of salvation together as one family. And whether this is the first time you're praying or the hundredth time that you're praying this, let's remember in this Christmas season, Jesus coming, the sacrifice he paid for all of us to give us hope. And repeat after me, Lord, I thank you that you love me, that you cared for me so much, that you gave your only son to come upon this earth and to die in order to reconnect me to you. Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I thank you that I'm washed with the blood of Jesus. All my sins are forgiven and cast away in the sea of forgetfulness. Thank you, Lord. And today, I make you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we would love to get connected with you. Please see one of our guest services team um, as you exit. And I want to hand it over to Bishop Green. Can we praise God just one more time? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for that word, Jason. If you want extra prayer, there should be elders up here who will be praying for you. Um, just want to say a few things before I let you go. As you know, uh, those of you who have been traveling with us for the last few years, uh, every December we give a, a birthday gift to Jesus. Because we celebrate Jesus' birth in the month of December, particularly the 25th. And I've always found it strange that everybody gets a gift on Jesus' birthday but him. Uh, so what we've done, what we do is every year we do something that uh, blesses the house of God. Uh, we, we also give a lot out of the church to organizations like the Salvation Army. And you'll hear more about that. But we give a special offering to God's house. And this church has been so generous and gracious uh, during the first year of the pandemic. Uh, your giving was so uh, amazing that we were able to pay off the entire debt of the administrative building. So praise God, we own that outright. That's where we have our Sunday school classes. Can you praise God for that? That's, that, was in 20, that was in 2020 and then 2021. Uh, you are amazing that not only were we able to pay off the entire debt of this building, we, let's put it this way, we owed $630,000 no, $630, on this building. And not only through your gracious giving, we paid off the entire debt in December 2021, but we also raised $100,000 to uh, work on the basement to make that uh, hazardous free. So. You guys are amazing. So we are totally debt-free, folks. I cannot stop praising God for that. And so this year, uh, we're going to start the work on, we, we, we should have started this year, but we're going to start the work on uh, uh, clearing the hazardous waste on the, on the basement floor. 
but we're also uh, going to be raising funds to make this church accessible for all. And what that means is, is that we're going to be putting in an elevator, not, 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 a, not like the elevators you see in, you know, in, in hotels. It's, this is called a Lula, a limited use. Uh, no, let me make sure I get the word right. Because uh, so that, yeah, limited use and limited application elevator. And it's just to make sure that people can have access to the sanctuary. So no longer will we have people who have to sit in the lower auditorium because they can't get in the sanctuary. Uh, I literally praise the Lord. I was walking behind a senior citizen and it just broke my heart. I literally saw them pulling themselves up step by step on the, uh, on the rail. And I said, God, this cannot be. So we're going to be putting in a Lula and we're just going to be doing a whole lot of other things to make this uh, sanctuary accessible on every level, on every level. That project is going to cost a total of $400,000 for phase one. But God has been faithful because I believe that if we're going to restore broken lives by the power of God, then those broken lives have to be able to have access into this place of encounters. So uh, we're going to encourage you as you give. That's where uh, the extra funds are going to be going to above your tithes and offerings. And by the end of this month, we hope to have a good report that we have raised the money. And uh, the elevator, or the Lula, and some of the other things we're going to do to make this accessible, uh, it's going to be a long process. We're hoping that we'll have a, much of it done by the end of September, but um, by the end of next year. But there are a lot of permits involved and a lot of challenges with the building inspectors and the ADA. And, and so... We promise that every month we're going to put out a report to keep you posted on uh, how much work is being done and how much more needs to be done so that we are totally transparent with regards to uh, the use of the funds and, the, and also the, uh, the schedule of how things are going on. So God bless you. You'll be hearing more about this. But as you prepare to give, uh, as I always say this, Haggai chapter 2, I learned from my parents. As you bless God's house, God will bless your house. Amen. Let, let's put out your hands. If you're a first-time guest, we don't, we don't give a closing prayer. We give a closing blessing. And we definitely want to bless you before you leave this house of the Lord. Father, God wants to bless you. So open up your hands as if you're ready to receive a gift. James chapter 1 verse 7 says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. So whether you are in this room or online or in the lower sanctuary, could you put out your hands so that we can bless you. This blessing is based on the book of Numbers chapter 6 verse 24 to 26 in the Bible. It says, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May you look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face shine, grin, and beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. And finally, in this week of Advent, this week of peace, this week of peace, this week of shalom, may the Lord bless you 
with his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, and his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And please remember, this is a month of gratitude. Make sure you're daily offering up God thanksgiving for his goodness to you. In everything, give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. God bless you. Have a great and wonderful week in the Lord. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.